We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday yeah i've lost track of my days thank you to everybody that has allowed me to do that football season's over so i don't know when anything ends or ends or begins or anything like that and it's not a good thing uh, welcome to Lombardi's Buck. No, uh, actually, this is uh, the Packaday podcast. Because if it were Lombardi's Bar, the guy below me would be wearing a bow tie and one of them little hats with the short bill, which I don't know what those are called. Dan Kotnick can correct me here. I think it's called a, a tangle hat. Okay. I've never heard that. The only thing I know, like, the only reason I really know it exists is because Mike McCarthy wore one to the Return to Title Town thing which was way too long ago, mm-hmm. and they need to have another one as soon as humanly possible. So do, you think Mike, is, do you think Matt LaFleur would wear the Kangle hat to the... No, no. I'm trying to think. What would Matt do that would be, like, goofy at Return to Title Town? Do you think Matt could pull off the Lombardi hat, the, like, fedora kind of hat? I feel like he could pull that off better than the Kangle hat, right? I think so. He can he, you got to go trench coat with it too, though. Yeah. You got to do the full setup. Yeah. So I'm going to send an email and let Matt know that next year <laughs> when we're doing this as the Packers winning the Super Bowl, that is what we've got your, we've got your clothes for that day. Figured out Matt. Cause in case you don't know that parade is in the stadium and it's really freaking cold in my experience Were either of you guys at that 10 yep. plus years ago. Yeah. I, I was skip school. I was in I was in Green Bay for the Super Bowl. I didn't get to stick around for the the parade, but right. I heard yeah, it was it was gnarly. I drove up for the parade and I didn't know it was an outdoor event, but I remember thinking like, oh, "I'll pack a bag, you know, just in case." And thank God I did because man, it was as cold. I was at the 49ers Colin Kaepernick game, the the one where it was like they called it the Frozen Water Bowl or I think that's what the offensive linemen were joking saying it was called and 
that was the worst it's ever been since I've been there. But the return to title town was the second one. Nobody cared, obviously, because that was for a happy reason. But man, mm-hmm. that was tough. So that's Dan Kotnick. Over here is Jimmy Christensen, the success story of the Christensen family, as we learned <laughs> the pre-show. And my <laughs> God, if you guys want, uh, no. if you guys want some, yeah, I, I'm not going to go too much further into that. But Jimmy, welcome to the show. You are uh, technically the fill-in tonight. And yeah. Jimmy basically said, I don't want to do this by myself. Can you two help me, please? Well, that's what I said. They don't, people don't want to see me already right now. And let alone just me by myself on a screen. One, it's going to get off track real quick. And two, no one wants this. So, <laughs> Yeah, you've got that uh, mustache march thing going here. And you're yeah. about a month early for that. So congratulations. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody who celebrates. Uh, the 15th I learned today is known as National Side Chick Day. So if you celebrate that, shame on you. But (laughs) or or maybe not. We don't, you know, we don't judge. Like maybe you've got an arrangement. It's arranged. You you never know how different, different drums, you know, different beats to different drums, man. I don't judge that's Dan's way of saying I'm celebrating tomorrow. That was just beat around the bush away. Yeah. Kelsey, please do not watch this episode. Uh, and if you do, well, let me know if she does. We'll edit that part out. But guys, we are, as I mentioned, in the doldrums of the offseason. If you are not into like free agency in the draft, then you are in for a rough go for the next six months. Um, the combine starts in about two weeks. That's interesting enough to me. Uh, you obviously can narrow down some stuff with the way the Packers like their draft prospects and things they can do there. Uh, and then free agency hits at the beginning of March. The schedule comes out in April, which is important. And for anybody who complains about the schedule release and why it's important, it's for guys like me and guys like Dan Kotnick and guys like Jimmy Christensen that have to travel to go to Green mm-hmm. Bay and watch the Packers play. And we plan our calendars around where the Packers play and when. So that is why the schedule is important, Brandon Snide. Among others, yeah. um, <laughs> I love you, Brandon. But damn, man. Um, so then that hits, and then the end of the, uh, the end of April is the draft, which is kind of the biggest offseason event in Green Bay. The Packers typically haven't participated a ton in free agency. So what we wanted to do here was look ahead at the Super Bowl's over. The Chiefs won, which I can't tell if the general public is happy about, or the general Packers public. I can't tell if they're happy about that. Um, I know there's Chiefs fatigue. That's a real thing. There's Taylor fatigue. That seems to be a real thing for reasons. I'm not going to get into that again, even though I did the other day. And then there's the 49ers beat the piss out of us every time we play them fatigue. So maybe it was one of those. That's the only fatigue I recognize. I have no problem with the Chiefs. I love Travis Kelsey solely because Jason Kelsey's his brother. Taylor Swift, (laughs) I don't care. And I hate the 49ers. So I'm, I was, yeah, I, that one. I think, I think, I don't think many Packer fans are necessarily outright happy for the chiefs. I think we're just, uh, happy that the 49ers lost. Yeah. It's, it's a spiteful, it's a spiteful happy. I think I know where you stand on this, Dan, but Jimmy, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So when the Niners play the lions, one of the controversies on Packers Twitter was who they were rooting for. And yeah. why, Dan? I can't picture you rooting for the Lions, and I'm not 100 sure why I'm saying that. But that I feel like you fell on the side of you were not wanting. Maybe you didn't want the Niners to win, but you didn't want Detroit to win either. Well, uh, Jacob, you're wearing um, a particular <laughs> hat, which I know is a specific choice. 
Um, I didn't know you were going to be here when I put this hat on, to be fair. uh (laughs) No, I know. Of course not. Um, You know, it was, uh, I I do live in the Detroit metro area, and uh, it was a good solid month and a half that I couldn't listen to my favorite sports station in town because it was just all about that. And then after, uh, after that team won the national championship, which um, enjoy it, you know, until the NCAA comes down on you, but um, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not holding out for that. It's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. Um, it was, it was really tough to listen to a, a full playoff coverage of, this Lions team, it's different. Everyone's everyone's all about Jared Goff, and I just I couldn't I couldn't stand there and listen to it. I, I, it was terrible, and not even that. It was every other station in town. It's congratulations, Lions, for making the playoffs and doing it. And so, no, there was. I know my buddy Phil. He's a Lions fan. He came on the Pack of Day podcast with me before the NFC Championship game. He usually listens when I'm on. Phil, I love you, buddy. Wasn't actively rooting against you. I sure as hell was not rooting for the Lions. <laughs> the way I fell was I don't care necessarily who wins this game. I right. want the AFC team to win the Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, the Lions thing is funny because even as they're winning, like they're a game away from the Super Bowl and they're still doing like the little brother mentality of, Oh my God, I can't believe we made it this far, which I understand to some degree. It's like, Oh, the season's a success. No matter what happens. No, <laughs> no. And to be fair to that, though, Packer fans are saying the same thing after when the Cowboys, like it's a little bit different, but it's yes. a little different, but yeah, the thing with Detroit is it's so hard. Like 1991 or 92, whenever they won their last playoff game and got to the NFC title game, they never, they hadn't been back there since it's 2024. That's a long time longer than I'm proud to admit as somebody that was born in 1991. Like it's not that simple as just, Oh, we'll be back. It's kind of the same with the Packers, quite frankly, for everybody doing the whole, Oh, they'll be back. I think they will, but there's a world that exists. Yeah. There's a world that exists where like, what if Jordan love is the player that he was for the first six or seven games of the season and not the last 10, what if the receivers don't progress, you know, so on and so forth, not what the episodes about, but kind of is on in that degree. So Jimmy, um, I don't think we ever got your answer. Were you rooting for Detroit? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. I, uh, part of the reason is it's like the little, it's like the little kid that sucks at everything. And then all suddenly like, they played an entire season of ba- like basketball and they never made a shot. And then also they like make it like, you're kind of rooting for them. Like you guys suck, like have some success in life. Also another reason personal wise was my Dan knows. I talk about him a lot. Chucky from work. Uh, I got to witness him. Uh, he lives in Detroit. I got to witness him watch the Michigan game when they won the championship or whatever you college people call it. And uh, just seeing how happy he was, I was like, imagine this if for a Super Bowl. So I kind of wanted to see that and just what he would do. Uh, but so I was a Lions rooting for Lions. So I don't mean to keep twisting the knife here, Dan, but I kind of do since you did it on your own here. But mm-hmm. my question just, and you could do, you know, 10 seconds or less here, but what do you think would have meant more to like the area that you live in Michigan winning the title or Detroit winning the Super Bowl? Detroit. 
Really? Okay. I, I believe you, but I wasn't sure. Easily. Because because it, in Detroit, it's it's a, as much as Michigan State football and athletics are in the toilet, there's still like at least 40%. Yeah, it's a pretty 40, 30% Michigan, Michigan State fans, you know. And the Lions, the Lions are NFL. It's it's what tops everything. I will give them credit for So I've been to Ford Field three times. And it's a pretty cool atmosphere. And I've never been there when the Lions have been good. So that's another thing I, I'm going to have to try and do. I've never, I've never been for a Lions game. I've been for plenty of college games, and I'm a diehard uh, Michigan baby. Panthers, Michigan Panthers fan. Oh God! Pause up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. I am a fan of uh, whatever team signs Trey Watson. Shout out to Trey for uh, having a baby today as well, but unfortunately not employed by the UFL at the moment. But let's get into. We've gone over enough old topics, but yeah, it was that that piqued some curiosity from me, uh, just because we've got some local here. And Jimmy, I, I now request moving forward that Chucky from work always be referred to as Chucky from work. That's like a that's how yeah that's why I said Dan and Todd told me I can only refer to I him only as know Chucky him from as work. Chucky from work. That yeah. is a great like radio call in name. Yeah. Like that is top notch for like oh Chucky from work is on line two. Chucky, what do yeah. you got? That's perfect. So let's get into the like the the basis of the conference. So Kansas City stands alone at the top, and I think Kansas City right now they're not in the conference, but they're like in a similar ilk to what the Patriots are from the standpoint or were, I should say. Every year you could just go in and be like, you know, as long as Andy's coaching and and Mahomes is healthy, they're going to play on Championship Sunday and maybe further. We'll just see if the ball bounces their way when it gets to that point. The NFC. I think you feel pretty good about saying like the 49ers are the odds on favorite to go into next year. But I mean, it's the NFL. Mike McCarthy used to always say like, there's a 25% roster turnover. There's some attrition on all of those rosters and and the 49ers are no different. You know, they're going to have some turnover on that defensive line, Dre Greenlaw, which that was awful, but Dre Greenlaw is going to be out for probably all of 2024 with that Achilles injury and the teams in their conference, like, a new defensive really? coordinator. Yeah, they just fired the defensive oh, coordinator. Yeah. Maybe that's positive. Maybe that's not. That remains to be seen. But change is change, and sometimes change is good, and sometimes it's not. Uh, it just kind of depends on who they hire from here. But the, if you look at it, Green Bay outplayed the 49ers. I don't want to say they should have won. The 49ers made the plays when they had to. But Green Bay outplayed the 49ers for three and a half quarters. Yep. And the Lions outplayed them for – two and a half to three quarters. And realistically, like they should, I feel like I could say they should have won. They had two or three chances to be, if Josh Reynolds catches one of those mm-hmm. fourth down gambles, they win. I feel yep. like so. And then in the Super Bowl, it's kind of funny because San Francisco outplayed Kansas city for most of the game, <laughs> but just Kansas city makes the plays at the end of the game and scores a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal. So I do still feel like you could say we start with San Francisco at the top. So for those of you that want seeding for this year, the best teams in the conference, it was San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, Tampa Bay won their division. So they get the four for that, if you will. Philadelphia was five. The Los Angeles Rams were six. The Packers were seventh. Shortly behind them, the NFC South kind of was one big cluster, except for the Carolina Panthers. You've got the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are a team that might be better next year as they kind of rebuild with Kyler Murray. And I think they're going to be the team that ends up with Marvin Harrison Jr., but that's a long yeah. ways from now. 
but pair Kyler and Marvin Harrison, see if he could score some points on offense. The Cardinals played better down the stretch. They beat Philly and Philly, and I think they won one other game towards the end of the year, too. Um, and they beat the Cowboys, too, didn't they? At some point, on, yeah. they beat them earlier in the year, too. Yeah. yeah. So they, they've done some, they did some good stuff last year. Chicago was a seven win team, as Jimmy points out. I think their defense, if nothing else, is going to be pretty good. They'll have a quarterback next season, uh, assuming yep. they do the right thing and draft Caleb Williams or Drake May at the top of the draft this year. So that gets interesting. Minnesota, if Kirk Cousins doesn't get injured, Minnesota might have been what Green Bay was in terms of that, like last team in the playoffs or that sixth seed in the playoffs or something like that. Cause yeah. Kirk had them boys rolling for a while. If nothing else, if Cousins is there, they have him, Jordan Addison, uh, Justin Jefferson, and well, Hawkinson may not play much next year, but that's a pretty good start to an offense. If they can get the defense figured out. And Brian Flores was obviously a big, big hire for them, and he's still there. So that's that's a big deal for them as well. So when I start there, guys, so first of all, are we all in agreement San Francisco, like if we're power ranking, if you will, is number one? Yeah. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas I, I think I think if you look at the teams right now, yes. I think if you're looking ahead, it, it might change for me because it's like one and two with San Fran and Dallas. Uh-huh. And if San Fran dips a little bit, I almost give the edge to Dallas. I think the thing with that, though, is like some of the knock with the 49ers – the changes that are coming, like the change in DC, Dallas is going to go through the same thing. And as I think it was Solak on the Ringer podcast I was listening to, it's with Zimmer coming in, like that's a complicated defense to learn. Like there's going to be a big learning curve. So like maybe towards the end of the year they're rolling, but I think at the start of the year, I think it's still going to be 49ers or the top team towards the end that could change. But I think going into it, because there's not much difference in those teams. And if you do talent for talent, I know that Dallas has a lot of talent on the team, but, and I know this is going to pain Jake, pain Jacob, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, is a difference maker compared to Mike McCarthy and just the offense that he can create around Brock Purdy. I, I nobody blows double digit leads like Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> hey, but that's when you get to the Super Bowl. But in the regular season, pretty good. Kendall, Roy I think what you're not 
taking into account, though, is that the 49ers will inevitably hire Joe Barry as their defensive coordinator, and that will that will tank everything. Brandon Staley is going to be there. Yeah, it's uh, Oh, man. Staley doesn't have a – no, Staley oh, – I think he just talked to Philadelphia. I don't think he ended up getting, like, a, a senior analyst. No, he hasn't. Yeah. With Fangio, so maybe he knew something like that was coming, and that's why. But we'll see on that. Dallas is – I know we all poke fun at the Cowboys for having not won a championship since 1995, which by the way, the California Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers have not won a championship since 1994. So for some reason, the public and the, the public and the meme makers of which there are many like to give the 49ers extra credit for making the Super Bowl, which I don't know. I feel like the standard is to like, does anybody in this room, and I know we're all a little bit younger, but do any of us care about or talk about Super Bowl 32? Of course not. No. Who wants to talk about that? I'm Is wearing, it? I like the hat. I The logo and everything is is really great. I enjoy that about Super Bowl 32. That's it though, because they yeah. lost. Like after that, it's just like, right. I have nothing to want to do with the game at all. Great game, objectively. But yeah, you don't get extra credit for Oh, losing I'm talking about, I, mean, I, I missed I messed up my Super Bowls, everybody. I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was literally like looking at my hat. I'm like, oh, there's only one. There's only one uh, line after those X's there, buddy. Roman numerals are tough, dude. You're good. I can barely read real numbers, let alone, you know, the Roman one. The Super Bowl 32 broad. logo was pretty dope, too, though. I, I like yeah, Super the, Bowl logos in general used to slap. They don't yeah, anymore. now they've declined immensely. So for whatever reason, I don't know why that is, but. Um, Can yeah, I digress I mean, the conversation for one minute? Sure. Why? Why was the Las Vegas Super Bowl like? Why did it contain like weird hieroglyphic designs around everything? Did anybody else notice that? I I don't. It, it was like, like some kind like, of like it looked like Aztec like sort of like uh, writing or something around it was like weird. everything. Yeah. Like, it was, I'm like this. This feels really weird. Like I don't. I don't get it. No, that's this is a Joe Arrigo question. Maybe he can tell me the okay. the differences and, and why that was. Uh, but yeah, I think it, to get to the point here, Dallas is talent for talent, player for player. Like Jimmy mentioned, you can make an argument for them every year that they're the most talented team in the conference. They just hilariously lose in the playoffs. To, like, I mean, objectively, if Dallas plays Green Bay ten times, if Dallas wins more than five five of those games, even with the way the Packers are playing at the end of the year, like the Cowboys are just a more talented team as they're currently structured. Yeah. They just got blown off the field. And from what everybody has talked about that was in the game around the game, Dallas just kind of tightened up as green Bay was playing like they had nothing to lose, which is something that gets interesting, but that's where the Packers kind of come into play for me. And I know the lions just went to the NFC title game, but when we're talking about ceilings of quarterbacks, Jordan loves, and I'm a Jordan love skeptic or was not anymore. Jordan Love's ceiling is that of an MVP candidate. Like that's how good he played the last 10 weeks of the season. Jared Goff, who I think is better than like what Twitter essentially thinks he is. That's not his ceiling. You know, if, if you let him stand there and, you know, look around and go through his progressions and throw the ball on time. Yeah, he's good. If you make him move at all, then, you know, the 49ers, once they got him a little uncomfortable, he's kind of cooked. Jordan Love has 
flaws and concerns, obviously. He's not a perfect product. No quarterback is. But this is where Green Bay, I think, comes into play of looking at the the scope of the team, youngest team in the NFL, and they have five draft picks in the top 100 that you're like, okay, you know, they need this, 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 and this. They can address that relatively easily if they want to. Now, obviously, if they don't draft a good player in a given spot, then sure, they're going to have some – it's not filling a spot if you just put another warm body in that in that position. But I'm comfortable personally putting Green Bay as high as three and even potentially getting to like two, depending on how you feel about like, was that win by Green Bay over Dallas, like a message to the rest of the league of like, we are right here. And realistically they should have beaten or they outplayed the 49ers. Like I said, at the top here and they beat Kansas city during the season. So it's almost like, you know, they've proven they can, this version of the team can play with anybody. If they get better, Jimmy, that's where, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about going into next year, but I'm right back on the train of it's Super Bowl or bust after the two month sabbatical and long suffering of not knowing whether or not the team had a quarterback in my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, t- I say this now because it's the off season. Once it gets close to it, it's Super Bowl and bust in my mind. I know that's what's going to happen. Uh, but it's tough because we seen when they're quote unquote underdog. And I hate to do that now because after just the chiefs and 49ers have been saying how they're underdogs, even though they were in the super bowl, but the Packers played better. Like when we went against the lions, the chiefs, uh, the Cowboys, those are all games where we kind of were playing with house money. But then you see those circumstances where we play the giants, we played the Raiders, we played, uh, the Buccaneers games that honestly we should have won talent wise, in my opinion, we were better is where we kind of struggled. And so going into next season, teams aren't going to take us lightly because we were in the playoffs. We did beat Dallas. Like we have, we're going to have hype behind us to where it's now. I want to see that consistent good teams beat bad teams. And I'm not going to put us for me personally. I'm not going to put us in that two or three spot until I can see us consistently have a good level of play like the ups and downs of this year have to change for next year i have to see evidence of that before i can put them at that high on the list in my opinion yeah and can you make i I hate calling nfl games layups but can you make your layups essentially of you know the giant (laughs) the giants loss is one of the worst ones in the last five years i or longer (laughs) maybe even longer like tommy devito tommy devito stinks the giants were awful like we put his agent in the italian hall of fame like that's how bad that game was for us it's our fault Mm -hmm. yes every amount of annoyance i had for the first half of the month of december is to the fault of the green bay packers that is (laughs) that's rough but you're right jimmy like you know green bay as far as beating teams they should have like they beat the vikings without Kirk cousins they beat the bears twice like they were able to kind of do that but then you go through they had a 10 point lead against Atlanta. They blew that game. Like they yeah. had uh, Denver, uh, Pittsburgh, and the, Ra- the Raiders with Josh sweat McDaniels. Out, sweat out the Panthers. Barely yes. beat the, the Saints, too. That a game we should have yeah. Yeah. done better in. Yeah. And realistically, you can look back at that game and say, like, they're luck, well, lucky, not the right word, but, you know, fortunate that they won because they were down 17 rip going into the fourth quarter. Like that's still kind of incredible that they won that game, but I completely understand that, that line of thinking. Cause yeah, the floor or the, you know, the basement, I guess for this team next year. Yeah. There is a chance that they could go five and 12 and not make the playoffs. Now that's not a world that I think is 
of the most realistic because like I said, I think Jordan Love is good. And once you have that to start, you know, then you have you're you're ahead of the curve already. Yeah. Um Dan, what's your I guess what's your concern level? Kind of like what Jimmy talked about with not being able to beat the Tommy DeVitos and Baker Mayfields of the giving up perfect passer. I was in attendance for a Baker Mayfield perfect passer rating game at Lambeau Field. A so game sad. he got strip sacked on the goal line. He had a perfect passer rating, and that is incredible to me. That is going to be a trivia question for decades to come. And I think it's the one like uh, Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield. That's like the front of Joe Barry's tombstone as Green mm-hmm. Bay defensive coordinator, right? Those yeah. those two weeks. Those two weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of I agree with Jimmy is that I think that we saw what this team can be when it's operating at full capacity. It's just a matter of being able to do that consistently because you start to kind of wonder, were you just a team that got really hot at the right time and just kind of were riding, riding the, you know, the high of, of we're playing awesome football at the right time. You know, it's, you know, sort of this like devil may care thing at the end, like every season is a, or every week is a playoff game kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's for me, it's the Super Bowl window opens this year, regardless of what happens. Like, even if they go five and 12, the Super Bowl window starts this year. You know, the, the Super Bowl window was open with Aaron Rodgers when he drugged that corpse of a team to the NFC Championship game against the Falcons, and that defense had no business being there. The the same thing goes here. Like you have the capacity to do it. We've all seen it. You just need to figure it out. For me, it's going to be, is Jeff Halfley the guy that can harness the power of this defense and turn them into a top 15, a top 10 style defense? Because that's what's going to really make this team compete. Because that's what we saw last year is the, the problem was that the defense gives up seven minute, eight minute drives. And if your offense isn't clicking, you've already lost the game. And it, does, it doesn't matter if this defense can figure it out or at least be a little bit more efficient in giving up points, time efficient, giving up points and getting the ball back to the offense. Um, then I think, then I think uh, this team is, is squarely in the top echelon of the NFC, but yeah, it's all about just showing you can, you can do it every week. Part of it too is you need. We had things like Bo Melton going off, whereas and sure. it's not a knock to him. He showed he has talent, but you can't pin that, your hopes on Bo Melton. That's the thing is like, can that happen next year? We are we have the question of Christian Watson, um, and they, they've made some changes getting him looked at. Like he, I still think he has all the ability. Not I think I know he has all the ability to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. It's just putting those pieces together. And I'm not trying to sound negative because there's a lot of positives too with the team of like, we haven't really seen Musgrave and Kraft at full strength on the field together with both of them playing at the top, um, which we've seen separately last year. Jordan Love obviously progressed so much. So there's so many positives. Aaron Jones was gone for half of the season. Yeah. And so like in my brain, I think I'm just already trying to cope with the fact of like, there are question marks going into next year that you have to kind of, you have to be aware of. Uh, But then the ceiling is super high. But it's. I just wanna. I wanna 
or <laughs> I want to just temper expectations a little bit for myself. Yeah, I, Aaron Jones, I think, is an interesting conversation just because we all love him. You know, how do you not? How do you not love Aaron Jones um, for for everything that that he's been and always says the right thing, super respectful, all all that stuff. I don't need to wax poetic about Aaron Jones. You guys know, but Dan and Jimmy, you guys are right that he's gonna miss time, and I'm, that's not a knock. I'm not. It's not his fault, but the likelihood is, yeah, he's older. And for a running back, he's older and he missed time this year. You know, Jake Morley brought up a good point to me the other night when he said like, if the Packers don't make the playoffs. So Jones basically has two less hundred yard games in the season. Let's say he has like an average 80 yard game or something against Chicago, but they lose, which I know it's hard to imagine Green Bay losing Chicago because it basically never happens, but they lose and the season's over. Then you're like, okay. Jones was good against Carolina and he was good against, you know, uh, Minnesota to finish out the season, but he was dinged a lot. had two separate injuries that knocked him out for a long period of time and he finished strong, but you know, what's that conversation sound like? I think we all still want him back, but it just sounds a little bit different. That's why like today I just published a mock. You can check it out. SI.com slash NFL slash Packers. I drafted two running backs because of the way the board fell. And everyone's like, oh, my God, how can you pick two running backs? Maybe by modern NFL thinking, picking one at, in the second round and then one in the third round wasn't the greatest way of using those resources. But that's the way I thought the board fell. And I I like to throw out scenarios of things that could happen instead of things that maybe I would necessarily do. But I would be looking for multiple backs in Green Bay. A.J. Dillon is – I don't think there's a world that should exist where Dillon is back in Green Bay. Emmanuel Wilson and Patrick Taylor, you guys were just talking about like you can't pin your help, hopes on Bo Melton. You can't pin your hopes on those two guys either. Like neither one of them has shown anything to me that says they can be explosive enough in the backfield. So they need a couple of guys back there, both to compliment Aaron Jones and then, yeah, eventually replace him as well. Uh, who are, Sorry, just ahead. to add to the to Aaron Jones part too. We saw this year, as much as we like to complain, and I am one of the loudest uh, – like Aaron Jones not getting much work during the beginning and middle part of the season. Like this year, we showed why that's a thing, though. Like, granted, this year is because he was hurt, but a fresher Aaron Jones towards crunch time and playoffs was so important to this team. So going into next year, I would envision that we are going to see a, throughout the regular season a little bit less of a workload for Aaron Jones. Like we saw 20 plus touches towards the end of the year. Granted, that's because Aaron Jones or uh, AJ Dillon was hurt. So like you want a fresh Aaron Jones for playoff time. So you need that second back to be somebody that's not, again, not Emmanuel Wilson, not Patrick Taylor. You want someone that can be serviceable because you need Aaron Jones when it comes to, if your hopes are Super Bowl and bust, you need an Aaron Jones that has some, some something left in the tank when you get to that point. He's just, yeah. at this time in his career, he's not a 20-plus person every single week. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, it's not the A.J. Dillon uh, mentality back in 2020 when it was you've got lightning and you got thunder. You know, you'll hit them, hit them with the scat back. And then, you know, in November, December on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, A.J. Dillon will crush people's skulls. <laughs> like, that, that doesn't work anymore because we've seen what this offense looks like when it has to rely on a running back, like in, no offense to AJ Dillon as a, as a guy or a player or anything, but he just can't be that guy. He can't be the difference maker that Aaron Jones is. And so, yeah, you need to address it. This is, this is drafting Jordan love for Aaron Jones. You need to draft the, the next guy a year or two early. Yeah. And you know, like you guys have said, that's, I think that's paramount to the way this offense could operate. And I'm not saying they got to pick one in the first round or anything like that, but yeah, I think adding some youth and explosive ability to the backfield is a big one. Uh, speaking of things that could be added to this conference, we've talked about the top. Who's the team that maybe didn't finish either in the playoffs or, you know, like who's the other team, I guess, like the Packers that you guys think could be the up and comer uh, as far as this, this season goes next year, Dan, or like as it currently stands, I guess add something here, add something there. You feel like they could compete for their division, the conference, whatever, Dan, I'll start with you. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise. We already kind of said it, but the bears actually do kind of worry me going in, going into next year is they've got a pretty decent amount of cap space. Like I think they're like sitting at like, they're in the top 10, of cap space and they've got two top five first round picks like and and we've already seen like they have they have some talent like dj moore was not a like that wasn't a fluke like he was able to somewhat elevate justin field's quarterback play and that that's impressive to talk about and that that defense was what really worried me in the week 18 matchup was because i i knew I knew we could limit the offense, but the defense is what really started to worry me. And they they can go out, they can spend big in free agency, they can add some top end youth, and yeah, they they could be one that can make a lot of noise because I don't think the Vikings are going to be very good. Um, the Lions are the Lions are probably going to stay about the same, but again, you just, the ceiling of Jared Goff is kind of sitting there. The Bears are one that just can come in and say, like, believe everybody. Like, we we just loaded up, and it's ours now, you know? Yeah, they won seven games last year with Justin Fields and, uh, was it, Tyson Bagent? Bagent? Yeah. Jimmy probably <laughs> Jimmy probably loves him. That's just no. – no. <laughs> My random white guy is Garner Minshew. I have room for one, and that's him. <laughs> okay, so Chicago is the choice down here. Jimmy, what do you got? Yeah, I was looking – I was going to pick the Rams at first, but they were a playoff team. And with Sean McVay, it's not like a surprise because who he can work magic with anything. I'm actually going to go with the Falcons on this one. Uh, getting rid of Arthur Smith, bringing him Raheem Morris, who did really well with the Rams defense. And then that offense has talent. Like Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts, if they can get him to the production that they want to. 
uh, Robinson in the backfield. They are a quarterback away, obviously. And we're saying the Bears won seven games with Justin Fields. <laughs> they won seven games with Ritter and Taylor Heineke. So, like, if they can get – I know Kirk Cousins is coming off a bad injury. If they're in play for him, there's rumors about them um, looking at Justin Fields, which, again, that's not a crazy upgrade, but it is an upgrade. And then also there's there's uh, Justin Fields is better than Ritter, dude. Uh, there's rumors – there's rumors too about the Patriots being willing and looking at getting out of the third spot. And the Falcons were a team that were put there. How true is that? I don't know. The Patriots just put stuff out there. The NFL just put stuff out there right now, but there's going to be an upgrade at that position. They have to, it's negligence if they don't. And I think, I think Morris is going to be a good coach and that team, that, that team has talent there. So, and they're in a terrible division, like the bucks with yeah. Baker Mayfield are the toughest competition right now. So I, I see that could be a team that, um, that wins the division and who knows could could sneak a game. We've seen we've seen the Giants win a playoff game with Daniel Jones. So anything's possible in, in today's society. I'm gonna society. jump <laughs> I'm gonna jump to the Pacific Northwest. And I mentioned the Cardinals earlier, but that's not the team I'm rolling with. I think Seattle, if you talk about a a team that hired a head coach that I think is like a perfect fit for what they have and what they're called, like Mike McDonald yeah. with Devin Weatherspoon and some of the guys that they have on that defensive side of the ball already. And then you add in on offense, they have Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I think they got two really good backs, two really good, maybe three really good receivers, depending on how Jackson Smith and Jigba develops after a year. They've already made the playoffs with Geno Smith and kind of gave the Niners a bit of a run like that. Maybe they find their way to, you know, getting a backup quarterback that is eventually their quarterback in the future or something like that. But if the 49ers regress enough, Stafford, uh, listen, Matt Stafford is, I've made plenty of jokes at his expense, and I think he deserves quite a bit of the jokes that I've made at his expense. But he's one of the toughest SOBs in the league. That being said, how do you show toughness? You get injured. <laughs> and hopefully. Yeah. The reality with Stafford is he's probably going to miss time with injuries. If, if that becomes a lot of time, I mean, any team that loses their starting quarterback probably isn't in a very good spot at that point. Yeah. So if he misses some time, maybe Arizona's another year away kind of thing. I could see Seattle kind of taking. And the other thing about the Niners, something about the Niners and Chiefs next year that will be interesting is, so San Francisco has played in conference title games and Super Bowls for essentially the last four years. And the Chiefs, kind of the same deal. So they've played a lot of football games as an entire roster over the last, you know, short stretch of time, or at least a lot of their key players have. You know, they've obviously had some turnover at their roster. But I'm just curious what effect that has on them, if any. Um, just, just kind of look forward to on that side of things. Let's do a regression candidate before we close here. Uh, the team that you guys think is heading uh, maybe the other direction in terms of uh, – they had their run, they had their chance, and maybe they missed it type of thing. Dan, you are the king of finding regression candidates, so have at her. I am. I am the king of, of regression. It is It is where I live. Um, I mean, I guess I will – I'll say the I, – I just don't feel great about the Eagles. I don't know if it's recency bias of just like how they played like the second half of the season there, but – it just didn't look like the team that was that was in the Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, I know Jason Kelsey is he's the the big name and everyone loves him. And you know, how much does a center 
worth or he's going to stick around or not. But I mean, like that, that is kind of something when you're looking at a team with a young quarterback, a young offense, like they have with Jalen hurts and everything, they kind of went all in on the wide receiver stuff. And that that's kind of up in the air now this year. Um, their defense did not play great the second half and they put they put a lot of capital they 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 put a lot of money into bringing in free agents in that super bowl year and those guys had a big regression this year so i don't know if it i don't know maybe it doesn't count because they regressed the second half but it just feels like the eagles are going to take a real step back especially in that that conference because the the margin for error in in like second place of the nf the nfc east seems very small you know, because it always just feels like there is there's a bunch of just like middle tier teams that will eat up on each other. You know, it, it you can easily end up the second place team or the fourth place team in the NFC East. And if Washington, I think Washington's got like the most cap space this year. If they get a quarterback, if they go out with um, who's the new head coach there is some. Oh, it's, it's Dan Quinn. You know, if they can go out and do stuff with Dan Quinn, like they could easily kind of just have a, a weird hot year next year. So yeah, I'll say, um, I'll say the Eagles. I'm with you and that stings. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously, but I think you're right because they, so they fired both coordinators. That's never a good thing. No. And it's not like, it's not like the year before we're both, you know, Johnny Gannon and, um, Shane Steichen got head coaching jobs. They got rid of both coordinators. They hired Fangio, who I think is a good fit there in Philadelphia. But, again, you're hiring another defensive coordinator. That's their third one now in three seasons. And on the offensive side of the ball, like you said, you regressed. And you just mentioned Jason Kelsey. He may not be there. Like, he's openly – well, Schefter reported he said he was retiring. Kelsey said that's not true. So, we'll see if that ends up happening. Um Hassan Reddick says he wants an extension, but there's reporting that they've given him permission to seek a trade. That's not exactly a great thing either way with, with the way those things are going. And like I said, they stunk down the stretch and they were terrible against the bucks. Like the worst playoff game that any individual team played was probably Philadelphia against Tampa Bay, who Tampa Bay was an average ish team. Like that's just, you know what? I mean, I know they played Detroit tough and, they did some nice things down the stretch, but they were nine and eight, like, you know, they were eight and nine. I don't even know what they ended up, but they weren't very good. It's not like they were a 12 win juggernaut. So I'm with you. I think Philadelphia is headed the wrong way. This, this team reminds me of, and I got a little bit more intimate knowledge of Philly than maybe some Packer fans do, but there was the year where Doug Peterson ended up getting fired at the end of the year. And it was just like, mm-hmm. everything was a mess. And it was like they're yeah. trying to hold it together with this crew that just won the Super Bowl not that long ago. And you know you think Peterson's a good coach, and this core has got some good players in it. And it just all fell apart. They famously tanked a game on Sunday Night Football where they replaced quarterbacks, and uh, they ended up losing that game. And then Peterson got fired, uh, and they end up hiring Nick Sirianni, who gets into the Super Bowl two years later. Like maybe, maybe that happens, and this time next year we're talking about Philadelphia Eagles head coach Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel or or somebody that's sitting out this year as like the, your job is to fix this mess that was there in Sirianni. I mean, maybe the shine is, has kind of worn off on, I don't know if there was much, I don't know. I, I kind of like his energy works when they're winning. It does not work when they're not the Dan uh, Campbell mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. He's, I don't, some of it is just like you, I think somebody said, 
I think it was Phil Sims was on with Chris Russo once. It was like, you're an NFL coach, dude. Like, grow up a little bit. Like, yeah, there's a line, right? So maybe the shine's worn off there. Jimmy, are you just going to make it three for three with Philly, or do you got somebody else? Uh, they were on my list, uh, especially to uh, you guys mentioned coordinators. Kellen Moore, the new hire, had some shine in Dallas, but this was also his third team in three years, which is always, you know, not the greatest thing for an offensive coordinator. I know there's circumstances behind it, but I'm actually going with Dan mentioned the head coach. I'm going to go with the Lions a bit. Uh, I just feel like the shine has to wear off. They had that hot finish two seasons ago. They beat the Packers, kept us out of the playoffs. The hype was on them this year, and they met it. But Ben Johnson staying there, a huge victory for them. Aaron Glenn is not a good defensive coordinator. That defense is still a liability for that team. Uh, I know they have a lot of cap space, but it's coming up to the point too where like players need extensions. And I, that might not affect them as much this year as in a couple of years from now. But I, I don't know. I think the there's only so much rah-rah can do for you. And I think eventually that's going to fall off. Uh, and Jared Goff, he's played well. And this year is probably his best year as a player. But we've also see, seen him play really well for the Rams with Sean McVay. And they made the Super Bowl. And then the next year he was absolute dog trash and they kicked him out of that city. Uh, so you have a quarterback that there is like, it, it's not consistent play. We've seen him play well and we've seen him play absolutely awful. They, they need to do some stuff at wide receiver. Jameson Williams still isn't, hasn't been doing much. I, I don't think they're going to fall off to the point where they're not a playoff team, but this lock and they're playing the number one uh, division winner schedule this year. Like that's going to impact them. They're going to have a tougher schedule. I'm not going to say they're going to be out of the playoffs or anything, but I don't think they're going to be the lock for the division that a lot of people are going to pick them to be uh, going into next season. I think you're going to see some things maybe start to crack in there, especially as players want extensions and they're not getting it. That can always cause some rifts there. So also kind of picking them. So I don't just pick the Eagles and follow you guys, but I could see some, a bit of a fall off with them. One other bit on them too is Minnesota, I believe played Detroit both times without Kirk cousins. So like, I mean, I know that's completely random. It could happen to any team in any year, but when you play a team could be a little different too. And the, that entire, you know, Dan picked the bears. Didn't they, didn't they play them like twice within three weeks or something? Yeah, you're right. They that, did because one of them was uh, the last game of the season. And they also played them the day green Bay played Carolina. So yes, they played Minnesota twice with essentially nothing for Minnesota. To play for. To play for. Right. And no, and no Kirk cousins. So like, a backup third, you know, whatever kind of quarterback they were using. So I, I, I will say real quick to Jimmy's point on that. I, I think that they're a real regression candidate two years from now. I think this year they're, they're going to sell out to keep this thing running. Um, yeah. Like that's kind of the Detroit way. Like we saw it with the Red Wings. We saw it with the Tigers when they got good. They just sold the future mortgage of the future all the way to win right now, like push all your chips in. I think that's what they're going to do. I can't say it works or they won't, won't regress because of it, but I just, I I'm less tempted to pick them as much as I'd love to see more uh, sad lions fans around Detroit. Um, just hard, hard to see that they're not going to just cash like all the way in and try to win before they have to find a quarterback and Jared Goff, you know, his, his bones dry up. This would be the year too, because like right. I said, they do have the the Sewell extension, the St. Brown extension coming up. Jared Goff's going to get one. Like they have players they're going to have to pay. So if they want to start getting funky with Maybe the salary cap, 
Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. like now is the time to do it. And I guess another one too, and I know I mentioned before, like maybe towards the end of the year, they start to turn it on, but Cowboys could be another regression this year, changing defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense, Tony Pollard is probably going to be out of there. Like they're going to have to find a running back. There's some things. And that offensive that line is, out. is not Pretty what it used to be. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is Mike McCarthy is essentially a lame duck head coach. Like the whole world knows win or out, win or else. Yeah. yeah. And that can be a motivator. That can be a something that just causes things to spiral and spiral quickly, quite frankly. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Obviously, we got a long way to go. Some team will trade for some player, you know in early March and we'll just be like, Oh my God, that changes everything. Cause that's the way that it works, but we're out of time for this episode. Thank you to Jimmy Christensen for inviting us on. And thank you to Andy for getting sick. Yeah. Thanks dude. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. hope you get to feeling better. Yeah, soon. Appreciate it. Try this. You can follow Jimmy on Twitter. He's at Jimmy underscore C zero eight. You can follow Dan. He is at DK all the way. You can follow me. If you'd like, I am at, Jacob Westendorf. We are out of time for today. Uh, Jimmy will be back on Sunday, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I'll, be back, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Dan will be back tomorrow. So you guys get Dan back to back. Congratulations for that. And I'll be back next week. So you guys got me two days in a row as well. So sorry about that. Uh, Dan is definitely an upgrade in that regard. We're out of time. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.